Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT, and La Rochelle and France number eight, Greg Aldrich back with us. It's bringing your mate to work day as well, Greg, because we've got one of your teammates coming on shortly, but you were both in La Rochelle at the weekend. So have you dried out? And do we need to start blaming Johnny for this, Greg? Because every time he goes down to La Rochelle, the weather is dreadful. Minus eight before when we spoke to you and he'd been down and now... What were those conditions like at the weekend? Yeah, both time was terrible for uh, for him. But uh, I saw on Instagram he enjoyed uh, the harbour and the and the city. So uh, <laughs> we'll have you we'll have you this summer with a nice uh, nice weather, and we have a we'll have a coffee on uh, on the harbour. It's stunning, man. Like, even like being up and like you see around the aquarium and the port, and just like obviously with Jen and the kids, it's the type of ideal place. Like if you had a young family. It's a stunning place to look around. That was I only got to see the port for about 25 minutes when it stopped pissing it down. But it's a stunning part of the world. It really is. And I think definitely we're going to come up, I think, to Ile de Ré as well. But yeah, like the game at the weekend, like we were just chatting before we came on, it just reminds me of, and like Rog, like Ron O'Gara has played 100 games in those types of conditions. He must absolutely love it. But it reminds me of growing up and playing Glasgow against Munster and Ulster and Connor away from home, horrible conditions and a total leveler and a really hard game, which it was. Like it was hard to watch, but I imagine physically for you boys, it must have been really difficult as well. It was really difficult and uh, really happy with the win because when you spend an evening like this on the uh, on the pitch with this kind <laughs> of condition and you lose it at home, like it's uh, a nightmare, nightmare. So no, happy to win it. And uh, we know that in the uh, in Champions Cup, every win is really important in the uh, in the phase group. So uh, three on three, and that's it. Obviously, elation for you boys. You mentioned how important it was, but did a little bit of you feel sorry for the Ulster boys as well? Like with everything they've had, the the disruptions, the different games, having to play their home game in Dublin, and then nearly coming so close to a massive piece of history, winning away. You wouldn't think of like this because you guys are the champions and you want to defend your town, but a little bit. For me, I felt really sorry for them as well because they put in a really big fight, hard game, and then they lost the game in injury time, which must have been heartbreaking. No, but well, we knew we knew before the game, and I told the the boys it's gonna be the hardest uh, game of the year for the for the forwards, and uh, see, I was right at the end. Um, <laughs> we knew the first half in Dublin was not not their team, was not their rugby. Uh, they show us uh, the difference in the second half. So we were waiting really a big, uh, big strong team of Ulster. Uh, we prepared like, 
the like we prepared the biggest game of the year, and uh, so of course uh, it's a, it's another loss for for them. But uh, we only think of uh, of us when uh, on this kind of competition. So we're just uh, really happy with the win, like I was saying. Johnny, no, we don't feel sorry for them at all. Nah. Correct, just answer. me. <laughs> just me having been in that position. And then obviously the conditions were horrendous. Was there anything different you had to adapt to? Like the the wind was ridiculous. I was on like the BT Sport WhatsApp group with um, Rory Best and the commentary team just saying, look, the wind at one end was absolutely horrendous to play into. You guys had the wind at your back um, in the second half, which made it easier and helped you get back in. But was there anything weird that you had to adapt, like any situational stuff or kicking duties that were changed because of the conditions? Of course, you know, like, Kind of plays we uh, we prepared during the week we we couldn't uh, do it uh, on the weekend just yeah adapt to, uh, with the play and like I was saying on the as well as the physio- physiognomy of the of the game not kicking for the three because uh, really uh, really windy and really hard for for Antoine to um, to kick so maybe we went a bit more for line outs or for scrum near the near the the line so it was a different game than uh, if it was uh, a nice weather. Johnny, I want to ask you the same question because the last time you were there in sub-zero temperatures, you said you hid in the car for most of the game. So did your plans change? <laughs> Mate, you've got you've got me there, Tim. Um, I, I sat in the stand and watched the game, but it was much better. Even from just like a, being able to absorb the atmosphere, like being stuck in the car, keeping warm. A, that was soft of me. I shouldn't have done that in the first place. But B, like even you see like La Rochelle, even on a, like that's a bad day, right? For the crowd, much more even, but the La Rochelle Stadium, the infrastructure, the conditions, and then the people there are awesome. Like get behind the team, big atmosphere, really pushed their team the whole way through 80 minutes. So yes, I made it into the stadium. I watched the game properly um, in the pissing rain as a Scot. Um, and it's much better doing that way. It was always hard to go there as a player because it is such an intimidating atmosphere. But yeah, what an environment, what a game day they put on. It's a great stadium. Well done. You were there in the cheap season. No executive box, nothing, no coffee. <laughs> no, or, no, no. Absolutely not. I was actually sat right next to Donica, which is interesting as well, because from like a coaching perspective, you can hear he's very much on line uh, line outs um, and forward play. So you can hear exactly what's going right, what's going wrong, line out calling, things that he's enjoying, not. So uh, no, it wasn't the cheap seats. He's not even the special seats. He's like next to the catering box, which is next to the media box, which is the cheap is that seats. deliberate so, next to the catering I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He's been shoved <laughs> the whole way down. Um, but it was interesting to sit next to him, get a bit of his insight as well, because he's a smart boy, um, and just hear the coach's perspective. So that was really cool. And Greg, nil-nil for 63 minutes, which is the longest a European Cup game has ever been pointless for, which is a hell of a stat. Not the one you want, but it's a hell of a stat. What was it like to play? And apart from the conditions, did you start thinking at one point... We could play for a week here and there'd be no score. Well, against the wind was really, really hard. And um, we were just trying to get less point we uh, we could. And um, when you see the, say, at the moment, they go for four or five drives. Uh, and we uh, we get the, on the last one, we get a scrum. So this was really satisfying to to get back to the locker room, uh, nil-nil. But, um, well, really tough game. And what we said at the halftime, like, if we can win it 3-0, we sign straight away, and uh, that was really the the, the objective of, objective of the team was just to win this game and just keep going for uh, for the first uh, first two places of the of the of the of the pool stage. I also bumped into Antoine Astor. He was saying the same thing that that hasn't really been spoken about outwardly, but the objective from the start has been top two, makes the next round hopefully easier. And that's what you'll be hoping to polish off and get secured as good a draw as possible this weekend. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, 
as a, as a beginning of the of the Champions Cup, we were just wanting to be qualified, you know. But when you win the two first game and uh, you are a home and Northampton away, you you want to to see um, to see further and to uh, to be in the top two, of course. And when you see Exeter, Saracens, even Edinburgh, uh, Leinster, of course, Toulouse, Leicester. Lots of uh, big, big teams this year. So if we can get um, two, well, first one game home and then a potential second game home, it's a big advantage, of course. Right. I don't want to speak out of turn because a win's a win, but I don't reckon the meter moment of the week is coming from Larishal Ulster this week. So what have you got for us, Johnny? No, it isn't my bravery at watching the game <laughs> outside <laughs> at Larishal. Um But it's a future potential teammate of Greg's. So like, I'll talk through it slowly and see if you can get it, Greg. You can jump in if you find out who it is. But he's recently applied for his French passport. I think you might have it already. (laughs) Is due to arrive during the Six Nations. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. And in my opinion, he went to another level this weekend in the Champions Cup. He went forward pretty much every time he touched the ball away from home, scored a try, sat down Manny Tulagi. Like Manu Tulagi, who does that? Who sits down Manu Tulagi? Not me. Um, most ball carries for his team, most tackle breaks, most meters covered in the game for his side from the second row. Have you got it yet? A small guy from Toulouse? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Manu Miafu was insane again at the weekend. It's only going to be a matter of time now before he's in an extended training camp with you boys because he was ridiculous again at the weekend. But he gets our meter moment of the week for his performance at the weekend because he was phenomenal and good luck in the passport which should be arriving in the post in the next few weeks Manny you're used to playing with Will Skelton Greg but Manny would be fun to play with as well wouldn't he well when you see the game he's uh, he done uh, against Sale well incredible and well this is the beauty of the, of the French team as well when you you have Paul Villemse and Romain Saufinois who are two of the best uh, seeing uh, second row uh, massive second row uh, you think you're you're okay for, for years and years and you have the Manny <laughs> coming and you say whoa Every every year we've got some uh, really good player uh, coming into the squad and really pushing us uh, to uh, to improve and to improve. So this is just insane for us. Yeah, absolutely terrifying for the rest of the world, Johnny. I'm just glad he doesn't play number eight, mate, or else you might be in some difficulty. <laughs> but he uh, terrified. But that's it. Like the depth that you're building as a nation now and as a squad. When you look through even the squad that's been announced this morning, that we'll go through in a minute, the depth and the positions and the talent that's been churned down the top fourteen is just insane. And Manny a guy that only recently really has started getting serious game time last season and this year, um, his performance levels have just been out of this world. So well done him. And who knows, maybe at the World Cup, we might be seeing him vying for a spot with Big Tao, with Paul Valemsi and aiming for that number five jersey. We'll wait and see. There we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can now get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. We will chat more about the Champions Cup later, because it'll be interesting to look at the overall picture, see how many French teams we think are going to make it through to the knockout stages in what is going to be a crazy round for this weekend. But we just touched on it there. Fabien Galtier has named his France squad ahead of the Six Nations. And you're in, Greg. 
congratulations. I mean, it would Thanks. have been the biggest shock ever if you hadn't been in, but <laughs> congratulations anyway. I can't imagine you were sitting there by your phone twitching, thinking, am I going to be in or not? But as an established member of the squad, how do you find out nowadays that you're in? Do you get a, a WhatsApp? Do you get a call? Do you get an email? Well, we had uh, Rafael Ibanez in uh, in La Rochelle on Monday, so um, we had a meeting with him, tried to speak about uh, all the organization and everything. And on uh, on the D Day, I had uh, Thibaut Giroud on the phone, so you know there are kind of uh, six, seven staff calling uh, all the forty-two players. So um, no, always a good uh, a good <laughs> a good moment when you get the call and uh, when you see your name on the list. Um, <laughs> I've said that uh, since the beginning, but uh, you never know until uh, until you you see your name on the on the list. And uh, I prefer to uh, to take it like this and to be happily surprised every time than uh, uh, finding it it's like kind of normal. No, no, it's just special every time. That's the professional answer, Johnny. Between me and you, I imagine Greg is one of the quicker phone calls that Tebow makes. Yeah. There's going to be like you'll be on on the short what do you call it, on the short list of the go to. You'll be in your speed dial. That's where you'll be for Thibaut. Thibaut. Um But quite nice that Fabian also divvies up the responsibility, and it's up to a few people to phone around, have different conversations. That's quite nice as opposed to having that one conversation with the same coach every time, which is really cool. And all I would say is enjoy it for as long as it lasts, because the feeling is amazing. And then all of a sudden you're nearly forty and you're finished, and you just enjoy watching the games and chatting about it and having a beer with your mate. So, mate, well done again. Uh, look forward to watching over the next few weeks. It'll be awesome. When are you meeting up? Presumably it's after the round four of the Champions Cup, but have you got an idea of preparations and what they're going to look like this year? Are there any differences to last year? You said you had a meeting in, in La Rochelle. So has it kind of been laid out how things are going to look? Well, you know, every time before the Six Nations, we get one week of uh, of camp and um, they try to take us out from Marcoussi when we, where we spend uh, all the, the rest of the tournament. So... Uh, we did uh, Nice at the first time. We did Cassis then last year, and uh, this year we're going to Cap Breton, um, southwest of France. So uh, every time they try to to find us some uh, some nice place and uh, in the in the south for to get some good weather. And uh, so we'll discover this place, and it's as well um, the place of where we will spend three weeks, I think, for the precision of the World Cup. So we get a a first view, an overview of the. Um, of the town, even if I know it well, because uh, when you're from Osh in the southwest, you you often go to Osogor or Cap Breton to uh, to the ocean. Now it's a nice place, and um, we'll train over there for ten ten days, and then we'll fly to to Italy. So uh, no, after I don't think there is big change um, in the prepa- in the preparation, but just things gonna be a bit um, a bit strange, you know. But we need to be careful. Of is uh, that we'll play um, the first home game is in uh, week three, so uh, we start away in Italy, away in uh, Ireland. So um, we need to start really, uh, really hard because um, Six Nations. Like uh, if you don't do good, uh, good game at the start, and uh, even against Italy and then uh, Ireland, like uh, it's gonna be hard to to win this tournament. So you'll be spending almost a month on the road before you get a home game, including the preparation. Do you? Room with each other? Do you get your own room? No, I'm always always have my room with uh, Anthony Gelon, so uh, this is my roomie, and uh, we'll never change. Like we need to be uh, to be together when we was <laughs> with the French team. I take it he's a good roommate, then, is he? Yeah, perfect roommate, and uh, he's okay with my uh, snorkeling. No, <laughs> you're snoring. Yeah. snoring, snoring, snoring. Snorkeling is not the same. Snoring, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so he's okay with that. So that's perfect. So, mate, Capriton is my son's rugby club. 
and they are super pumped about having you down. I think there's almost like a, I think there's a team day where like everyone from Cap Breton, like all the kids can go down. I think it's on the 25th of January. So if you're in the area um, and you can get along, come along. But like in my son's team, there's Scott Spedding's little boy, uh, Lenny. There's Warren Britts who played for South Africa. His boys, like they're all on the same team. So they're all coming to spend the day with you on the 25th. And they are pumped. And if you need to get out of camp, there's always a cote de boeuf and a glass of red wine. We're about five minutes down the road, so you're welcome anytime. Um, and also, Capriton, they've completely done up like the way you guys will be staying. I don't think you've even got a roommate for your World Cup prep. I think you've all got like individual chalets, waiters, servers, butlers. Like They've gone the whole nine yards. It's gone six star for when you get here in Capriton. But um, it's a great part of the world. Obviously, you know it really well. Um, but they're really excited to have you guys down here and host you properly for your prep. More importantly, Johnny, is your lad a budding back rower? Is he going to be pestering Greg for some tips when he's down there? Uh <laughs> It's quite weird. So like he's only just starting to get to the stage where he sort of understands like the numbers and the names. And he's like, so I was like, I was in La Rochelle at the weekend. He's like, oh, cool. They're the team that play in red. I know, mate. They um <laughs> they play in yellow. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll get there eventually. Like, honestly, he's just not quite clicked yet. I think he'd be sooner be making like the dinners and cutting up the oranges and like running around looking after everyone. Like he's not quite got it. He loves watching, but his understanding isn't there yet. So like it's a little bit too soon for him to realize that Greg and Antoine and the team are coming to the area. I think it's more like the parents. So like the dads are all super keen for their five and six-year-olds to meet everyone. Um, but it'll, it'll just be amazing for the club, for the region as well, to have the French side come here and, and be host to the side for the World Cup preparations, but also for the Six Nations. And um, they'll be pretty proud, I would say. The local community is very cool. You mean he hasn't been watching YouTube videos of his dad for the last five years or so? I tried to keep him away from you, mate. He's he's a Lego go. He's Ninja Go. Like rugby is so far down the ladder of things that he wants to watch. It's Ninja Go. It's uh, Paw Patrol, whatever it is. And then rugby is when I come home, he's like, Dad, can we go watch the highlights? And then we get to sit and go through all the top 14 games, watch the highlights together. That's the start of his journey. And obviously his mini rugby at the club in Capriton and Hossegore is coming along slowly. But yeah, mate, he's just going to absolutely love it. But the answer is no, he doesn't watch videos of me on YouTube because there aren't any, mate, let's be honest. So <laughs> he'll be watching the French boys uh, training in a couple of weeks, which will be amazing. And it's not quite Toulouse levels, Greg, but there's six La Rochelle players now in this France squad. So that must be nice to have a bit of a few familiar faces with you as well. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And you know, first thing, Rog, uh, when he arrived, he said, well, we only have two players in the French team. This is district full for uh, for the team, but it's you who need to work and we need to work to get maximum of players, you know, in the, in the French team. And uh, you see really this Irish side because maybe a French uh, manager would have said like, well, too many guys with the French team. And no, if uh, if uh, if Fabian took 10 guys from Marshall, like uh, Rog will be the happiest guy on earth. And this is really great for us. It must come from his Irish background as well, because when you come from like the Scottish Federation with two teams or you're in Ireland and you're from Munster, you want your team to have the heaviest representation because that means your province is doing well. And that's where he'll be so proud of the job you guys are doing, the results that you achieved last year and the way you're playing this year. For him, it's a direct correlation of we're doing well, therefore we're developing players properly. They're ready for international rugby. And we're super proud as a club to have them go on and represent France. It's amazing. It's the way it should be. And give us a word on a couple of the new faces in there because there's a young player in your position in the back rows in. And then we mentioned him earlier on, Antoine Hastoy, who might have to go some to usurp Roman Entomac or Matty Jalibert. But how big of a difference has he made as well since his arrival in La Rochelle? 
Well, they're both really good players, you know. First, Paul is really athletic guy. Um, see, he could play for uh, for hundred minutes on the pitch. Like he will never stop, never stop running, never stop uh, tackling. Um, so this is uh, really good for as well international level. Um, and about Antoine, like is for me uh, a world class player. Well, he's a really good player. He has a place to uh, in the French team. This is sure. And um, and of course there is Mathieu Jalibert, there is um, Romain Samak, but it's always good to be there and uh, to show uh, the best, uh, the best, the best of you um, at every training. And the beauty with French team as well is uh, that you can be in the team for a while. Uh, you need to do good training to play. Uh, you need to be on your top to play. This really put like a big. Um, Big emulation, big concurrence. Like internal competition. Internal competition, you know, to so everybody needs to be at the at the top and need to improve every every training to play. And this is really good for us. And Johnny, any other surprise names or fresh faces in there that you're excited about? There's a few actually. Uh, some ones for like injury reasons, other guys that have are, are really young and haven't um, had much game time. Like Yakuba Camera is back in from Montpellier. It's four years since he last played for the French side. I think he last played against Tonga in 2019. Um, but again, as Greg just mentioned, a complete athlete, powerhouse, gets around the field, dominates from Montpellier, who haven't been amazing so far this season, but he's one of the guys that stood out. There's still eight guys in the squad that are uncapped, which is crazy. Paul Boudin, we've just mentioned, Louis Biaibari, the winger up at Bordeaux, who's been ripping up as well. Roman Bouros from Bordeaux, he's still a phenomenal fullback. Leo Colley is a big shout. So Leo Colley was, you know, Monomarsan and has been, like, he's a really slick looking scrum half, still extremely young. But the fact that he's jumped ahead of Baptiste Serrain again in the pecking order, that's a really big shout. It'll be interesting for him to work under the tutelage of Fabian as well, like another scrum half with a big future. Uh, Julian Delbuis, Another young centre has been outstanding for Stade Francais, combative, gets across the game line, competes for ball really well. Ethan Dumortier, 22-year-old, uh, has been class again for Lyon this year. Winger, he's been through the seventh circuit. Emilien Gailleton, who was the captain of the 20s from Poe. Uh, I think his mum's English as well. Like His English is phenomenal. We need to get him on here at some point. And uh, Nolan Legaret coming back from injury and, and being superb for, for Racing. So like, there's all those boys that haven't been capped that are still could quite easily slot in and do an outstanding job there's two boys that have come back for their first games since the Grand Slams you got Francois Crow and Melvin Jaminet are coming back after a bit of time out with injury for various reasons weirdly the oldest player in the squad is only 32 years old that's Winnie Antonio which is crazy when you think he's the oldest player in the squad compared to other squads in the Six Nations just shows how young you guys are and amazingly there are 11 clubs represented. We just touched on the six for La Rochelle, but there are 11 clubs represented by the selection, the top 14. The only clubs that don't have a player are Bayonne, Brive and Perpignan. So like, there's loads of young boys to look out for. Francois Melvin, I think, will come back in and do a job as well at some point because of other injuries. A really exciting squad and they'll be looking forward to camp, but really looking forward to seeing them play in Italy in a few weeks' time. Absolutely, we can't wait. And presumably, those fresh faces, as you said, Greg, with the competition, it, it just kind of makes it more exciting. There's no, there's absolutely no staleness when it comes to this French side, and the message will just be, we go again, presumably. No, oh, of course. Six Nation is so beautiful. Like it's uh, for me one of the best competition in the world. So we'll get back to to work. Really, uh, we're gonna work really hard every week because uh, we know it's gonna be. Uh, 
a tough tournament for us with three away games. But um, would say week after week and prepare every game like a final and try to uh, to win this uh, this tournament. Of course, we all have uh, the World Cup in the head, but uh, it's in uh, seven months. Like it's quite long, uh, seven months. Everybody say it's tomorrow, but seven months is quite long. So we need to uh, to be focused on the present. And uh, after the tournament, we'll be able to switch uh, on the World Cup. But uh, if we do it now. It's too early and we do, we're going to do um, a big mess at the tournament and this is going to be really bad for us. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let's get our guest on now then. And we can have a chat with a man who is part French, part Irish, but swapped the West Coast of Ireland for the West Coast of France this season. La Rochelle second row, Ireland international. Alton Delam joins us. How you doing? Hey, not too bad. Not too bad. Now. We have got you on with your skipper, so apologies for that. Could be a bit <laughs> awkward. Uh, we'd normally ask you how good he was as he welcomed you. We'll ask you anyway. Be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. For sure, the first... Uh... I think the first day or two after arriving, uh, I was invited out to dinner with him and, and his mates, and uh, it was a, it was a perfect welcome, really, just to go and 
I suppose, to break the ice with one of the big players in the squad. So, uh, yeah, always appreciated that. You tell us about that first meeting, Greg. Yeah, uh, I read like uh, Ulti was uh, was in La Rochelle uh, for for I think one or two days, and uh, I had a few friends from uh, from Southwest there. Not the, the calmest one, not the the. Uh, so we had like a, a nice restaurant, and um, it ended uh, end up uh, a bit bit uh, a bit late in the night. So <laughs> just to, uh, it was a good night to welcome Ulti. No, it was it was good. It was good meeting his mates as well. Just just to ride a just a ride vibe I needed, I suppose. Please, really went on a bit late. Was this pre-signature, or is this what sealed the deal so that you were definitely coming over after this <laughs> night out that happened? <laughs> no, no, no. This was literally the, a day or two after moving over. So, oh, nice. Uh, it was just I didn't had no one I suppose around, and so the manager just put it sent out the back signal and saw who was who was about town and. Uh, Greg and his mates are around, so it was it was good to it was good to meet, meet him and uh, have dinner. When you say moving over, it's really almost like moving back because. Settling into France for you is a little bit different. You lived in Paris until you were seven. It was your first base language. So did it feel a bit like going home, even though Ireland is really home? It, it would have if it would have been a few years ago. But at this point, I've been I've been in Ireland for uh, over 20 years, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, I always thought of going back to France as like, oh, I'm finally going back. But um, I suppose what I've found the last few months since being here is just, I'm constantly trying to catch up, uh, trying to catch up with the language, you know. So, uh, like, I've I've forgotten so much of it since um, since moving. So it's it's just been nice to be immersed back in in the French culture. But uh, I do feel like I'm a step behind the to I suppose where I would have been as a child when I had a bunch of friends living near me and all that to hang out with. I'm sure you learned a few key phrases on that night out with Greg, didn't you? Uh, a couple, yeah. It was actually it was, it, I had to get used to the to the accent. The southern accent was like again not something I would have been very used to, but for now there's so many lads in the squad that are channeling like that, so it's it's grand. But it's a bit confusing initially. That's the easiest accent as well. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, weirdly, growing up in Paris, like you must have had like a banging Parisian accent as a seven-year-old leaving. So now, when you come back, you must still speak with like a heavy Parisian or local to that area accent. Do people? engage with you and speak with you like you're fully French because you speak with a nice accent and then you don't have the vocabulary so you have to catch up like where are the gaps that you're finding in yeah. the language yeah you're right enough I think I sound I think my accent sounds good but then once people have chat to me for a few minutes they realize oh I'm kind of reaching for words or I'm trying to feel my way around uh, what uh, around what to say so uh, people kind of get the gist of like oh, I sound good but I'm not uh I've definitely forgotten forgotten my way with some of my French, but uh, but the Parisian accent is is grand. It's quite it's quite neutral. I think you have to double check with Greg, but uh, <laughs> to me, it's quite a neutral accent. So, so it's uh it's it's easier to understand for everyone. Yeah, first time like uh, everybody's tried to speak to him in English, you know, because you say Irish guy coming over and uh, finally he speak French like uh, just like you. So you say, oh well. Did you keep that up your sleeve when you moved? Or could it, were you able to say, oh, "I don't speak French"? Speak to me in English. Or did everyone know? No, I, I thought of pulling a joke, but uh, no, everyone, <laughs> everyone seemed to know. It wasn't. It wasn't flying. The accent between Ireland and France is one major difference. The weather is supposed to be another, but we were chatting before we came on about the game at the weekend, and I was blaming Johnny because he went to uh, the game in round one. It was like minus eight or something, sub-zero temperatures. Johnny was there at the weekend in La Rochelle as well torrential rain storm i was blaming him should i be blaming you because you brought the weather from galway haven't you? <laughs> yeah dude, i don't know well i mean we had a lovely summer so it, it, it's a bit <laughs> hard pinpoint me for that one now but uh 
that that to be fair, I think is the was the worst uh, weather to play in for us this this uh, this this season at home. So uh, like we had we had a cold spell I think just before Christmas, but otherwise it's actually quite it's quite mild here compared to I suppose I'm comparing it to Ireland, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I think very unlucky for Johnny. <laughs> just reminded me of growing up and playing games in Glasgow. Surely for you that was a reminder of I should have left this home. Like I thought. I'd done with games at the sports ground in Galway, and then here we're yeah. back again. It's a horrible, it's weird because in France you never really get those types of conditions for a game. But then that was exactly like playing in a Belfast or a Connaught or a Glasgow the weekend. It was a monsoon. Yeah, again, but but you got to take into account they don't they don't come that often as well. Like I don't know. Never. I'm I'm hoping you only get it two or three more times this this year. I don't know. I suppose Greg knows more, but. Uh, there's far more good than bad weather, you know, so. Yeah, if you're Jack Carter, you know exactly what to do because you're playing it every week. You hoof the ball up in the air. It goes all over the place. If you're Antoine Astoy, you're like, what is this? I'm not used to this. Yeah, oh, for sure. I'm sure you'd hate to be a back having to play out in that in those conditions every week. So uh, props to props to the Connacht for, for stuffing with it. So, mate, growing up as a youngster in Paris, were you involved in rugby at a young age? Like we were just talking there about my son, age six now starting to watch the top 14 and understand it and enjoying his rugby like you moving away and going through the irish system was there always a sense of you'd quite like to come back to france and try the top 14 was that on your radar or or not at all um it was i, I suppose it only was in the last five six years but um yeah i've, I've always uh i've always thought of the idea of, of uh moving back to france and Speaking with my mum uh, years ago, she 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 kind of also echoed the, the same idea. So it would it was more the thought back then was kind of more oh before I finish my career it would be nice to to go over. But uh, I suppose I think I'm not. I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> I might look up, but uh, I've still I've still a few years left. So uh, <laughs> I think it's I think I'm here at a good age. If you'd asked me a few years ago, I think I'd be in France right now. I probably would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought so. so I would find myself incredibly lucky to be here. Yeah, it is. It is definitely part of uh, living my dream. I suppose to, to 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 finally be over here. And how did that move to La Rochelle come about? Because presumably you would have had other offers, maybe in England, maybe in Japan, as well as potentially an offer to stay in in Ireland. Other offers in France, maybe. So, what was it about La Rochelle that attracted you, and and how did the move come about? There's there's different. I suppose different ways it kind of came about, but uh, the connection of the of the Irish courses was obviously. Was obviously a nice one for me having uh, having played with uh, with Duncan Ryan and uh, kept contact with him over the years. Uh, that was obviously one of the one of the connections to, to eventually coming over and knowing that I would have the support of those coaches here was a big was a big push. Considering how much of a culture shock it could be going from all my career in Ireland to over here, but yeah, obviously there was a. I suppose my my contract was coming to to an end in, in Connacht, and I just. I just looked for to, to see if there was any interest abroad, and uh, fortunately enough, there was. You know, and how difficult was that decision to make? Because you got nineteen caps. There is a World Cup this year, but you'd sort of been on the periphery for a little bit. Like we would say, like holding holding tackle bags, not getting the game time you'd have wanted. So, how difficult was it to make that decision and sort of turn your back on a World Cup dream and try something completely different and move to France for top fourteen rugby? Uh, yeah, it was it was really tough to be honest, but um. I suppose part of my decision, and it, it involved the national coaches. It, it's not like you just decide you're going and uh, and that's it. You, you there, everyone's grown up. You know, you have you have good conversation with everyone. And for me, I, I suppose I, I voiced my frustration at the previous World Cup, how uh, how you know I was thought to be going then, and it was obviously left with disappointment. But uh, 
on their eyes, I suppose I was it, I was needed for this this one coming, and it would have been nice to have had my uh, my commitment to the squad. But um, you know, they understood they understood where I came from, and and they're very fair about it. And going to France to to a great club like La Rochelle is an opportunity you get every 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 year. You know, it's a, you're, you're you're quite lucky to get such a such a chance. So. I suppose we measured up the pros and cons, and my family and my girlfriend's family uh, opinions came 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 to it as well, and we made this choice. And you say you're all adults, and you have those conversations. So, what was the last chat you had with Andy Farrell, and and was it sort of a case of he said you're you're in my thoughts, or or there has to be an injury? What was the kind of honesty that you were getting from him? I I told them the opportunity that was that was offered. They mentioned how much they would have wanted me to stay and what lay before me if I'd stayed and with the with the World Cup prospects and all that. But um, in the end, they understood that it was my decision and they, and they respected whatever whichever one I would take. So uh, it, it didn't take too long for me to kind of come up with my uh, I suppose with my own personal decision and they were and they supported it. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a fair conversation. <laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful to any other team, Johnny, so I won't name anyone, but there's quite a difference between the offer of going to some teams and going to the European Champions, a place like RHL, yeah. a captain like Greg, it's quite a feeling. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose my decision was made and decided before before the final in Marseille last, last year as well. So so watching that with my family and Kerry was just just kind of brought home. I suppose the pressure to to perform and then and what and what was ahead this season, but obviously the understanding that I'm going to a phenomenal club with, with huge ambitions. So the excitement was was uh, was tremendous, I suppose. <laughs> I imagine you also were looking at those pictures of Greg lifting the trophy in the port, surrounded by everyone who lives in La Rochelle, thinking, "Oh, why couldn't I be there this year?" Yeah, <laughs> I think I think me and a lot of the new guys thought and felt the same. But uh, but at the same time, we're kind of thinking, "Well, let's just do it again." All we have to do is do it again. <laughs> so uh, that's the goal. We've mentioned the two Irishmen at the heart of the coaching team, Ron O'Gara, Donica Ryan. How have they helped you settle in? And is it true? I heard that Donica has pointed you in the direction of a shop that sells Barry's tea. <laughs> and can you give us an idea of how important that is to you? And is it performance enhancing? Does it make you play better? It's not that kind uh, of tea, mate. Well, no, they, they've been great. They've been great since, since the very beginning, I suppose, just just uh, meeting with them and, and just kind of reassuring it of how good the boys are that you know the the, the quality of players I'm, I'm joining and, and, and how well they they lead the squad together and all that it was they've been really sound and and welcoming yeah on that I think uh Donners is uh I suppose he knew that I'd be missing little things like bacon uh you know rashers and sausages and all that kind of stuff and uh <laughs> Put me onto the contour, I think the contour Irlandais and uh, in town, and it's uh, just has those little bits. But uh, I, I never need to get the Barry's tea anyway because Barry somehow sent sent uh, Raj Dunica and I a big thing of tea bags. Like I have over a thousand tea bags in the kitchen, uh, and then my family gave me like Lions tea bags. So I've literally I do not have to buy tea for the next. Uh, <laughs> For foreseeable future, it's, it's crazy. Greg is Alton made you a cup of tea yet? Has he introduced you to Barry's <laughs> tea or not? No, not yet. You have to, bro. <laughs> it's it's on the carrots. I have to bring everyone for tea, I suppose. Is the French tea no good? It's not a thing. Like they're yeah. they're not into it the way Brits are because they're not sitting around in the pissing cold. They're drinking rosé <laughs> yeah. and having nice white wine with oysters outside. They don't have to drink tea to keep warm. That's just a British and Irish thing. Yeah, and I, and I just I was only saying it to one of the guys. Uh, 
I think a couple of days ago. Like I'm, I'm forgetting stuff I used to do back in, uh, I suppose, Galway. Like it'd be like a Tuesday after training, and you'd go home, and that evening, about four or five of the lads would come over to the house, and we'd all have a cup of tea, and we just like have a tea, sit down, and just chat about you know anything, you know, just. And that used just to be a thing we do, like once a week, once or twice a week, even. And obviously, it's not a thing here, but I didn't realize I missed it until I mentioned it to my mate there a couple of days ago. You can try and bring it in slowly. Clearly, clearly, Barry's are if they're trying to get a thousand tea bags worth of product placement <laughs> out you and Donica, and they've sent it over. Um, uh-huh. Like we, we, weirdly, on Donica, like you played the same position. You must have grown up watching him. You've played with him. You've been in squads with him. What's it like being coached by him now, especially in a specific? line-out coaching, forward coaching capacity, is that quite weird or is it helpful having him in your corner? Like, how does that relationship work? Yeah, it's uh, not weird at all. He's always that kind of supportive uh, character, I suppose, in like what, what when he was playing uh, as well as like on or off the field, he's always been, he's always been the same. And he's like genuinely a very likable person, you know, and, and really approaching and, uh, and willing to help. And like all the other players would say the same. So, uh, He's uh yeah it's not it hasn't been hasn't been weird or strange at all he's just uh he's genuinely willing to help and obviously if you if you're willing to work it's it, it works both ways you know it's uh he's uh yeah he's a good, he's a he's a good father to have uh have around and we've chatted to Greg about Donico we've chatted to Greg about Ronan Ogara the main man how intense is he uh <laughs> it, it, I suppose it, it depends he's I, I would say he's fair. He he can be intense, but like so can so can many so can most coaches, you know. Um, but I would say it's it's a fair it's a fair way of doing it. He does he does it to get the best out of the, to get the best out of the boys, and uh, you can you can feel the pressure, but it's 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 for the right reasons, you know. Does he WhatsApp you video clips at midnight as well, or is that just his captain he sends those to? No, not me. Just just uh, Greg. Himself, it's just yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just to show you how intense he is. Like yesterday, we had the not the best training of the year, you know. And uh, for all the afternoon, we had all the the club coming to eat uh, at the um, facilities center, uh, the training center. And everybody was asking him, "Hi, Roger. How are you? Bad." We did a bad training <laughs> and every maybe told that like 50 times in the afternoon. Like, uh, this is Rog. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Exactly. That's exactly what put it. His heart on his sleeve. Yeah. He's the best. And he doesn't, he doesn't peddle his words for anyone. Like that was the other thing. For instance, was it not two, three week, weekends ago was your first win over Toulouse and maybe eight, nine attempts and French press, you know, to, oh, like, how does it feel? Like this, and he was just like, "Well, it's all right. Like it had to happen sometime. Like it would have been ridiculous if we just didn't win forever. So it's okay. We move on to the next thing. Like it's the it's the the realist in him. There's no messing around. There's no like over emotional gushiness or playing to press or media or anyone. He just says straightly what he thinks, and I think that's awesome. I love watching the way he talks post match. I imagine like for training as well, and having a coach like that." it must be quite refreshing not to have any of the bullshit. You're just told exactly what you're meant to do and why and get on with it. I think I think it's like, it's a no bullshit way of coaching. And it's, uh, I think some players need to be told, some players need to be told more than others, but he's uh, he's such a great way of putting uh I think he balances out the, the, the intensity with some, because sometimes players can be a little bit too relaxed and he has a way of bringing everyone at the same, I suppose, stress level sometimes. But he's, uh, yeah, Greg knows more than me, <laughs> but he's, uh, he, he can be intense, but for the, for the right reasons, I think. And it would have been a new challenge going to a new club after you'd been in Connacht for so long. Anyway, you arrive in La Rochelle, the status they have. In the second row, you've got club legend Roman Sazi, 
you've got the giant that is Will Skelton. You've got Thomas Laveau's in the French squad as well. There's a lot of competition, isn't there? So how are you finding the competition and the the challenge? Yeah, good. Again, everyone just tries to tries to bring the best out of themselves. It's hard to compete with someone like Will. He's like kind of the the uh, specimen. So <laughs> I wouldn't consider consider him competition really. But uh, yeah, I suppose it's it's just been a bit. It's been different for me in that I've been in the second row and then in the back row. I think I've been back row more than second row this season because of how injuries have happened and, and whatnot. So uh, it's just been it's been a cool experience. Different things to get used to, but uh, genuinely enjoy enjoy the chances I've had. I think I, I think I could do better. I know I can do better, but uh, but yeah. Again, with the caliber of players we have, I think personally I need to perform. Otherwise, you know, come come knock out Ruga, I probably won't be involved. So uh, it's good to know that there's constantly good players there to to take you over and, and that that drives the, the best out of you. So um, it's it's what it's what will make the club great, you know. Can we get the captain's assessment as well, Greg? He's getting on all right so far, isn't he? No, oh, of course, of course. Like, and uh, it's really important for us to get like, uh, like I said, for the French team, like lots of co- internal competition because it um, it forces everybody to to everybody like get back to work on the morning keep improving and if you're not good uh, at training or, or on the weekend like uh, someone is going to take your your jersey on the on the next week and this kind of uh, things that Rod say say a lot like um, I don't care about who's wearing the jersey I care about the jersey and everybody in the jersey must be good every weekend you know and this is really important for us give us an insight you can both do this actually give us an insight into some of your teammates at La Rochelle Alton, who is the biggest joker in the La Rochelle squad? And then we can get Greg's view as well. The biggest joker, I would think, is uh, Winnie Antonio, probably, or Will. I'll go Winnie. I'll go Winnie. Is that because no one dares mess with either of them when they play these jokes? Fuck no. Uh, who would mess with a pair of them? <laughs> I I just think they just uh, they just can't take anything seriously. Like, well, especially Winnie, he just he'll find the humor and everything, which is it's a great quality to have around you. He always makes him laugh. Even at a serious at a serious point. We should put a mic on both of them just before scrum during a game like you hear them <laughs> to, to, talking to each other. To, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Only people that size could get away with behaving that way because if that was like any of us three, the coach would be all over us. Do you know what I mean? But because they're so much physically bigger than anybody else in the club, everyone's like, they're gonna be it doesn't matter. They can still flick that switch and be physical, whereas anybody else would be like, come on, heads on, not acceptable. But those guys Get on with it. Absolutely amazing. Mate, I love this kind of stuff behind the scenes. Who's who, who's the worst trainer? Because that typically was me in in my clubs. But who's the worst trainer at La Rochelle? Who's the worst? That's such a... That's a I, don't, I, I don't even know. I'm going to say it myself, but I, I don't even know. Greg, you must have to tell people a few home streams. Who doesn't rock up at training? It's a fun because I'm not the best trainer as well. So. <laughs> we often see Winnie as well, uh, only on the captain run. So maybe... Ah, uh, uh, smart. <laughs> smart guy, yeah. On a similar note, they might be good at training. They're, like You don't want to sail anyone down the river and say, this guy's rubbish, he doesn't bother or whatever. But there's a lot of people who turn up to training and they maybe don't love life. Like Who's the biggest moaner? Who's the biggest moaner? Jeez. Who, who complains a lot? Uh, everyone has their moments. <laughs> well, Teddy, Teddy is a uh, moment. Oh, Teddy, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and you can tell he did not enjoy the weather at the weekend either. No, that is true. We're going up on him. I was like, he doesn't look at home here. 
He could not fit in at Connor or Ulster. He needs to stay in the south of France. Um, okay, so away from negatives, who would be the most impressive? Even think like getting people get caught up in stat. Like who are the biggest gym freaks? Like you've got Winnie and Will that are physical, massive specimens, but who'd be your strongest humans in the gym? Uh, Red Wardy's pretty good. He's a bit of a gym junkie. I think Kyle Hatherell did, or or Black Girl. South African Black Girl is also deceptively strong in the gym. Yeah. Rida, Rida Wadi, and uh, I think even you, Lutia, you uh, yeah. spend quite time uh, at the gym and you like it, eh? <laughs> I like gym, but I don't know. <laughs> I have a bad back every day of the week, so. Johnny wants to focus on the positives, but I'm going to bring in more negatives. They're far more fun. Um, <laughs> who's got the worst dress sense? Uh, Remy Piquet's not great. <laughs> yeah, Remy Piquet, maybe. <laughs> What does he wear that's so bad? It's a second row that's come straight to your mind, Ultan, which is great. It's something in your position that you've chucked uh, under the bus. He's the low-hanging fruit. Give us some examples. What is Remy rocking up to training in that you're like, that That needs to go in the bin, mate? Uh, a purple Carhartt shirt, T-shirt that he wears every day. <laughs> that one's stuck in the mind. Easy. <laughs> I'm thinking as well that uh, Pierre Poplin Crocs is terrible. Honestly, like, with some, so, some pins on it and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> crocs is car crap once you get above the age of seven even for my son now i'm like mate you can't be wearing crocs like you need to change it up He's, you're gonna be you're gonna be eight next summer that's it crocs are going in the bin a lot of people like him though jeez my little housemates used to get them i should keep quiet now i've got a pair of red crocs johnny i should keep quiet red about why would you go red <laughs> they're very Stinking. functional of course they are your wife hates you, as does mine. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, and who's got the... First of all, who's in charge of the music in the La Rochelle dressing room? Because there's normally someone who's in charge of what's on. That's Ray. Ray, uh, Ray Monroe. And is it any good? Or, or is he... He's got the worst taste in music. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. He's... Uh, yeah, he, now he mixes it up. But he's got the same... He's got, like, I'd say... Ten of his songs will will play again, but like they're just they're good the bangers, like so that's good energy. <laughs> Another one I wanted to mention is Brice Dulan. So little Dudu, who again in the pissing wet, the opposite to Teddy Thomas, I thought was awesome again at the weekend. He seems to be amazing every time I watch him, and he doesn't really have a bad game. Has missed out on the French squad again, but what's he like as a character behind the scenes? Because everyone that I know that's played with him, be it a cast, a rassing, like lovable, cocky little character, but his play's phenomenal as well. So give us a little bit on Brees Dulan. I've only known him like obviously this season. I think he's I think he's great. I think he's hilarious as well. Him and Raj always kind of go at each other in a funny way. I find in the meetings and it's, it's brilliant. But uh, Greg, Greg obviously has known him for a few more years. No, he's a really good guy. He brings lots of energy on the pitch and uh, as well like um, in the group, lots of energy. And uh, always with uh, Roman Sazi, you know, to uh, trying to to do some uh, some yeah. jokes and uh, some stuff. So put some entertainment in the in the team. Yeah. And when you say Ultan, like Greg, you might be able to expand on this because of the language. When you say going back and forth with Rog, in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, but that sort of sounds like the little cheeky fullback flirting with coach who used to be a ten, like a backs thing. Like, what is the type of chat that goes back and forth between those two, Greg? Well, it's uh, they, they know each other for for quite a while because uh, f- from the racing and uh, Roger spent lots of energy to bring uh, as well Bruce in uh, in La Rochelle. Classic stuff of Bruce is he would show uh, a photo uh, in a meeting saying uh, you have Dan Carter, you have Johnny Wilkinson, you've got Ronald Ngara. Who's your pick? You know, 
<laughs> and Bruce was uh, starting uh, Dan Carter uh, on the bench, Johnny Wilkinson, and holding the bags, Rodan Nukara. It's this kind of stuff for every week. So. Awesome. So it's not Bruce, but I was going to ask you, we've, we've asked who the worst trainer is. Is there anyone who sort of teaches Pat, maybe sucking up to the coaches, or, or maybe not that, maybe sort of just showing a bit of potential as a future coach, maybe? Uh well, I think some of the players already have done like their coaching licenses, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of candidates, I'd say, to be honest. You have uh, Roman Sazi, who's seeing his last year as a player, maybe uh, maybe next year, and after like guys like Bruce Dunan as well, because when they speak rugby, they they really know well, they they know uh, about rugby. I think Greg could be one. Greg knows his stuff. Pierre Bougarit's pretty good as well. We'll not gloss over this. Greg, do you fancy being a coach in future? Well, I say I need to uh, to enjoy being a player and uh, we'll speak about it after. But uh, I don't know. I don't know because uh, I love rugby, but uh, maybe I, I like it as well to get some uh, opportunity like uh, on the side. Or But you never know because when you, you end your career, I imagine, and someone's come to you and say, like, do you want to, to, to be a trainer? And you... Of course, because uh, because uh, you're, we're living the dream every day, you know. So I'll see you at the end of the of the career, but I hope the latest uh, possible. A long time to go, yeah, yeah. A long way to go. There's a few World Cups and Grand Slams between them, so don't worry about it. Um, like weirdly, we spoke to Manny Miafu and Jerome Kano about the fine system they have at Toulouse as well. Have you guys got a fine system in place? Have you got a wheel of death that gets spun every week? What's on yours? How does it work? Who bosses that? So we have a a, a wheel. That uh, you need to spin every Monday. So we have the meeting uh, on the Monday and we spend maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes uh, uh, having everybody uh, who did the mistake on the last week uh, spinning the um, the wheel. And uh, yes, Thomas Bergeon is uh, the one uh, who needs to write uh, every fine. And, um, and yeah, it's quite a, a nice moment because uh, we, enjoy, uh, we enjoy it and uh, it puts some... Uh, some good energy and positive energy in the team for for the week. It's a really good way to break the ice, like especially if you come in, you've had a bad loss and everyone's like, oh, doom and gloom. And then you've got Thomas like, but now we have to do the fines wheel and then the ice is broken and then you get into a new week. So what is on your wheel? What are the different fines? And who is the idiot in the club that always gets fined (laughs) every single week and is always in the book? Well, we have uh, one of them is uh, costume, which means uh, you have to wear your number ones every day of the week. And you have to you have to arrive and leave in your number ones. Next one will be um, reverse. You have to wear your clothes in reverse all the way down to your jocks. Let's say every day of the week again. You have a bonus where you get to select. If you land on bonus, you can select someone of the players or staff to spin the wheel for That's you. That's awesome. You have a fifty quid fine. You have a hundred quid fine. You have a twenty quid fine and re-spin, spin again. You have a twingo, which is uh, probably one of the one of the best ones. It's a uh, it's a little uh, Renault Twingo kitted out with like bull horns and a siren and all, all kinds of stuff on a spoiler. And if you get the Twingo, you have to drive it for the week um, and you have to add something new to it. Otherwise, if you don't want to drive it, uh, like Greg, you just pay 300 quid in your grant. <laughs> the big dogs. Oh, you've sweets and shampoos as well. The standard. I, I love the bonus. The bonus was always my favorite and that there was always the sort of recurring theme of if you'd been shafted by somebody the week before it was then your chance if you fell on a bonus to shaft somebody else there was always that going on week to week which i loved as well who in your squad every single monday gets their name read out because they've worn the wrong thing they're late all the time like who's useless who's always read out raymond Uh, rule 
for sure. <laughs> Every Monday we have a picture of Raymond using the phone with the physio, you know, and uh, you, you, it's forbidden. <laughs> like when you're doing some uh, some massage or stuff like this, you don't uh, you don't uh, use the phone because by respect for the for the physio and. Every Monday, we have a photo of Raymond using the phone with a with a physio. <laughs> what are the other kind of things that you get fined for? You can't use the phone on the physio's table. What what are the other things you get fined for? Well, if you get late for meetings, um, if you don't uh, wear as good uh, good stuff for the game day and stuff like this. If you turn up in your Crocs, yeah, yellow cards, red cards, red Crocs as well. You got red Crocs, definitely on a fine every single Monday. If you forget some uh, some stuff, just uh, after it's classic uh, classic rules. And finally, Alton, we know obviously Greg and his mates took you on a night out. They're obviously very good. Have you had chance to go on many sort of team nights out or bonding sessions yet? Have you had a chance to kind of work out who's who's good in that kind of setting and who might be a bit of a liability or not? Uh, a little bit. Uh, we you don't really get that you you don't get that much time to go out to be honest. Uh, we we had a, we had a good team building in uh, night in uh, or initiation night sorry in in summer I think it was August that was great crack we we all had got dressed up in prisoner outfits and we do like a send on errands or, around town where all the players that were already settled had to wear like nice clothes so uh, we got ridiculed for the day but uh, there's a few good men to be fair. <laughs> Not that many liabilities, to, to be honest. So. And you mentioned those men, the sort of feel-good factor around the place. Moving from Connor and the sports ground, a very different league and a different feel. But just how much are you enjoying the experience so far? I know you mentioned you haven't had the game time you would have wanted as yet, but then it's such a packed squad. How much are you enjoying the city, the people, the club, the rounded experience so far? <clears throat> Loving the challenge. Like um, the atmosphere at the flange alone is just... It's something to witness, like the way we've to, you have to walk up every game day at home. You have to walk, do that five minute walk to the to the stadium, and you're you're greeted by like a tunnel of fans. It's just you don't really get sick of it, and it's packed. The the stat that how the the grounds have packed, been packed out for like nearly seventy weeks or something like that. It's just so impressive. Each week in the top fourteen is huge. So you know. I know you're, you're not. You're, it's not like you have a week, two, week or two weeks where you're playing like Pro 14 job bottom tier teams. It's it's not like that. It's just every game is huge. Whether you're playing a team at the bottom of the table or at the top, it's all like they're just they're just all big games. And it's uh, it's because it's my first year here as well. No matter what the game it is I'm playing, it's just it's it's kind of on square and seeing uh seeing these these brilliant venues and trying to perform away at home. And I don't know how long your deal is, and you maybe don't think too far in advance is probably not not sensible to but as in the media do i wonder if like when you move over there you have a plan do you think oh, i'd love to stay in the top 14 for the rest of my career i'd quite like to experience this culture that culture and move around a bit or if you always intend on going back to ireland i mean to be honest i'm very very happy here it goes without saying early i'd be happy to stay here as, uh, as long as i'm performing my best and as long as i'm helping the squad i'm, I'm very happy to stay you know so uh I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to think any any further away than that, you know. So uh, that's kind of where it is at the minute. <laughs> Absolutely, a few more nights out with Greg and his mates, and there'll be another contract on the table, eh? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck this weekend securing a home tie in the round of sixteen, and hopefully a long future in La Rochelle awaits. Ah, thanks, Tim. Cheers, thanks for coming on. Cheers, thanks, Danny. Thanks, Tim. Cheers, Alton. That was good, Greg. He's obviously settling in well. It's really good for uh, for us to have uh, some uh, some foreigners players like uh, Feeling Will and Lavishel. 
Um, it's great to see the club being attractive uh, as well. We we are a kind of club where we like to have some Irish players, we like to have some Australian players, and to get a bit the uh, bit of um, the experience of uh, all of them to uh, to build a, a strong team and a strong group. No surprise, Johnny, but you arrive in La Rochelle. It must be pretty awe-inspiring to go into that environment. He seems like he he's loving every minute of it. Oh yeah, I think as well. He mentioned, you know, the end of last season, watching the big final win on television, like going into that squad that you can see is packed with quality players, but there's clearly a quality uh, from the coaching level as well. The environment looks superb from the outside. So, like, why wouldn't you be excited? Um, and the challenge, like you mentioned, the top fourteen is you have to back it up every single week. There's no easy games. It's not like you're in the URC where there's no relegation or promotion. Every single game counts. So awesome to see that he's settling in well, but a big talent and a big heart as well. So hopefully we'll see more of him because he's a, a super big bloke. Let's briefly chat about the Champions Cup. And Johnny, we've got to start in Claremont. We've chatted about their issues and whether John O'Gibbs might be under pressure before in recent weeks. They conceded 40 points, only the fourth time ever at the Stade Marcel Michelin they've conceded that many. He's lost his job. So... Yeah. Why do you think it didn't work out? Because he went back there from La Rochelle with a lot of fanfare, didn't he? My gut is that he arrived at the worst possible moment, which isn't going to make him feel any better. But we've talked previously about the Arsenal, the squad that Clermont have had like throughout the time as I played, the team they had, the monstrous names. They simply don't have that anymore. Like Damian Penno's the last one. He's about to leave and go to Bordeaux. But if you go through their team, Lopez gone, Paragon, Rougerie, Fofana, Cadmore, none of these guys are there anymore. So the squad is thin. There's a big emphasis on youth. You have to remember that he was playing with Tijbergen, who I played with at Bayonne, who's 21 at centre. His scrum half at the weekend was 19. Like They're going through a structural rephase. They're working through the GIF process of having to re-recruit French players attract foreign talent and he doesn't have the depth at all. Um, so it's a huge challenge. It's incredibly unfortunate, but I think he's just been a victim because everyone you speak to says he's a fantastic coach. His level of detail, the man himself, everyone says good things, outstanding things. But I genuinely just feel he's coming at the wrong time where the club is going through a little bit of a revolution and it hasn't worked. And again, their crowd, their support base when you go to that stadium, it's absolutely manic. It's like going to La Rochelle or any of these big stadiums. But you go there now and it's quiet because there's not the intimidation. The team isn't performing because they're playing with young kids and they don't have that layer of quality. So it is incredibly unfortunate. You never like to see anybody lose their job. Christoph Urios has already been announced as taking the job this morning. So he'll be starting as soon as possible on a four-year contract. But Christoph will have a big job going in. It won't be easy for him because... The caliber of player, as I've just said, that has been there over the past two decades because of the recruitment isn't there at the minute. So it's not going to be a quick fix. It will be a rebuild and a huge job for Christoph to go in there and rebuild the club. Well, I totally agree with uh, with Johnny, and uh, wouldn't be objective with uh, with Jono because I really like the the coach he was. Really helped me to to improve my game. You know, um, always had like this really French uh, rugby education. You know, and Jono was the first. Um, Overseas coach to come and like bring his New Zealand uh, touch. No excuses. Like just move your move your ass and uh, and be there. You know, uh, never on the ground. Always standing up. Like uh, doing some body language, uh, talking to us like about, about body language. You know, and all this kind of stuff. Like really helped me to improve my game. So I really like the the guy and the coach. So 
just like Johnny said, like is it Jono was at the end or is it uh, the end of the cycle of, of cycle of Clermont? I think. Uh... And we spoke to Benji Kayser on here quite a lot about Jono, Greg, a good man off the field as well as a good coach. Love to Guinness or two. Yeah, yeah of, course, of course. He always had the, the same uh, same word after a win, like uh, just one beer tonight, guys, and uh, go back to <laughs> go back to work on Monday. So, no, no, great guy. That is exactly what Benji said. Just one beer, guys. Two for me, one for you. That's what well, he said. He said that whenever, <laughs> whenever Benji had one pint of Guinness, he would always just start with two pints of Guinness, one would be gone, then he'd be on the next one. Just the machine. So, Oh, look, that that is the nature of the horrible beast, though. Like we've just talked about the potential of coaching after rugby career, and it's cutthroat. Um, and I think that's the weird thing. Like if you'd seen him taking that job five, six seasons ago, I think he would have done a phenomenal job with the squad that they had then. But the timing is just wrong, and he's coming at a time where, to a certain extent, his hands are tied a little bit, and it just hasn't gone right. So. Really sad. Wish him all the best. Hopefully he'll pick up another job soon. Um, but a changing in the guard for Claremont. Absolutely. He won't have, he won't be short of offers regardless of what's happened at Claremont. He'll get another job somewhere further down the yeah. line. You've made it safely through, Greg, to the knockout stages already with a round to spare. We've spoken about how important this week's game is in terms of securing a home tie in the round of 16. You'll obviously be going to Northampton, trying to win it first. You'll know sort of what you have to do. Maybe you'll need a bonus point. Maybe you won't. We'll see. In terms of the other teams, Toulouse are through Johnny in terms of the French sides. But the rest of them, who's joining La Rochelle and Toulouse in the round of 16? Because there's some others that are very borderline, aren't they? Uh, I'm looking through the sort of fringes. Um, Rassing are currently eighth in their pool, but they're away to Leinster. So that looks unlikely. Um Bordeaux are sitting 11th in their pool, but they're home to Gloucester. So if they can pick up a big win, potentially a bonus point, that could propel them into the qualification spot. Leon, who are also sitting in 10th, they were actually very good when they played away to the Bulls. They've got the Bulls at home this weekend. So they're the same situation. They need a big win and it's still possible to qualify. Um, then in the other pool, you've got Montpellier, who have lost home and away crazily to the Ospreys. But could still go through. They- well, but e- easily. But then I say that they've lost home and away. They're seventh in their pool. So that they're, yeah. they're not, you know, they're much higher up than uh, Bordeaux and Leon. but they're home to London Irish. So that's a game, and London Irish picked up a couple of reds at the weekend. They'll be down in their personnel. So that's another game Montpellier, Montpellier should win. And Clermont, you want to see, well, I guess what's going to happen with them in the week's preparation that they're going to have. But they're currently eighth and they're away to the Stormers who are reigning URC champions and are playing some pretty good rugby. So I think that might be more difficult for them. So you've got Montpellier, Lyon and Bordeaux, uh, potentially Clermont, all possible chances to go through and join uh, La Rochelle and Toulouse who will be looking to get as strong a seeding as possible with their games at the weekend. We've spoken about the format before, Greg, and I'm not going to ask you about the sort of convoluted nature of it and all that kind of stuff. But as a player obviously your sole focus is Northampton what's going to happen how much of the rest of it do you look at once your game's done do you sort of get on the phone turn the tv on sort of look at the overall picture obviously you look at who you're going to face at the end of the weekend in the round of 16 but do you look at those other games and sort of enjoy the kind of excitement of the final round of the pool stages once you've got that home tie in the bag oh yes really exciting and we're uh, we're looking forward to see who's uh, who's going to be the next opening but uh we were even saying like it's uh, it's a shame that the the last uh, the last uh, game of the pool stage like is not a multiplex you know like all the games same hour and rather yeah. at six o'clock like it's done and you never know what happened because uh, this 
got another flavor as well for the for the guy looking on TV and for us even playing. You never know what happening on the on the pitch next to us. So, <laughs> but we honestly, I didn't watch the uh, the rankings yet, and I didn't try to make some uh, kind of uh, of uh, supposition like. Uh, Think we're focused on us, just winning our game, and uh, and we'll see after. Absolutely, as long as it's in La Rochelle, doesn't matter, does it? You take all comers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good luck this weekend, Greg, and for the Six Nations. We'll speak to you probably after that, but a massive good luck. Thanks. We need some luck here. Yeah. You'll be all right. We'll catch you in Capriton in a couple of weeks' time. If not me, you can take my son and explain to him what rugby is because he's clueless. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> User. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers, Greg. A big thanks to Alton Delam for joining us as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers, Tim. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.